and welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners of We Family Offices, and welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. I'm joined again today by Matt Farrell, our head of investments, uh, and we're going to do a part two to the session we did last time about hedge funds in general, but we're going to drill down a little bit deeper. And the context, Matt, first of all, welcome. Thank you. The context for today's discussion is, you know, we've gone through a tremendous change in the global capital markets, the global macroeconomic uh, environment in the last 18 months as central banks around the world have raised interest rates at an unprecedented pace. That increase in interest rates has affected uh, every asset class, some for good like cash and, and others uh, have been a little more challenged as a result. When we look at the hedge fund space, broadly speaking, what's your perspective on what the, the change in the global macro uh, and interest rate environment has meant to hedge funds uh, over the last 18 months? Sure. Maybe it, it makes sense to take a step back and understand what happened over the past decade, right? So maybe starting post-global financial crisis, what we saw was easy monetary policy, so you know, low interest rates for a decade, and generally speaking, low volatility. And that's just not an ideal environment for hedge fund performance. And so backwards looking, it hasn't been really worthwhile to, to maintain a large position in hedge funds. But what we see is just a paradigm shift starting you know, a couple of years ago where we're increased interest rates, we have higher inflation, and it just makes for a period of uncertainty, increased volatility across asset classes, and just general market uncertainty. And that's a much more attractive environment for hedge funds. But in terms of, you know, specific strategies, you know, I'm, I'm big on understanding the individual manager and their strategy and when they should thrive in certain market environments or not. And then, you know, you can reflect and assess whether we had that particular market environment that was conducive to their strategy or not, and if they executed. And so what we saw the past couple of years is, is volatility across interest rates, obviously, as, as we saw an, an acute rise in interest rates. Um, we saw credit spreads widen somewhat um, over the past 18 months. They've narrowed as well. But you know, big picture, what did we see? We saw volatility across asset classes. And that's really the catalyst that you need for a lot of hedge fund managers need for, for performance. Um, so certain strategies did better than others. But overall, I think the the uh, asset class as a whole performed as expected. And that includes reducing volatility uh, and overall in a portfolio um, perspective, and then also just reducing any kind of drawdowns uh, that we saw over the past couple of years. Okay, so so if, if I'm an investor who's been paying attention to the capital markets, I would be justified in potentially thinking that hedge funds really were not that additive uh, to portfolios in the go-go times uh, pre-pandemic uh, and pre-these market conditions. Uh, and I might be uh, justified in thinking that they were very expensive for not a lot of bang for the buck. But given the profound change uh, post-pandemic in the capital market environment, as expressed you know, through volatility and a significant increase in volatility, 
that really does warrant uh, a relook uh, at hedge funds uh, to to see if in this environment they can add bang for the buck. So I'd like you to give uh, give us maybe one or two examples of you know categories of hedge funds that have really uh, you know in the last twelve to eighteen months uh, you know added significant value. Uh, in portfolios that might not have done it uh, prior uh, to the increase in volatility and increase in rates? Sure. So I think first category is, is credit, long, short credit. And I think it's interesting for a couple of reasons, uh, particularly in the high yield space, not because of absolute rates and where they are now, but just because of the volatility that we saw. And what we saw was, uh, number one, there's a lot of flows in and out of passive high yield funds. And these are from you know 401k plans to pensions to insurance companies. And those flows create you know a, a technical sell-off. So in other words, there could be a high quality credit, but just because there's some kind of passive flow out of a fund, and they have to force liquidate the securities, those individual bonds could sell off, but they could still be very high quality. And so a, a skilled manager can understand those technical dynamics, and we call it baby with the bathwater. So a quality credit is selling off just simply because it's part of a, a broader passive fund. And so a skilled manager is able to short that, uh, or in other words, make money as the price goes down, and then rotate to be long whenever they feel like it's reached a, a bottom. And again, they still have a positive view on the credit. And so it should uh, go back to par as it approaches maturity. So th that's one example. Um, secondly, I would say global macro is continues to be interesting. Global macro, again, you can take many different approaches to macro everywhere from just a pure fundamental approach, meaning um, you're just reading uh, economic data, or reading the market, the macro inputs, and you have a, a model, proprietary model maybe, and you're just putting those inputs to a model and taking a view on a certain um, asset class, whether it's equities, credit, rates, commodities, whatever it may be. Then you have quantitative or, or more systematic strategies that are um, more algorithmic and maybe a little bit black box-ish, meaning they have a model that's that uh, it's pretty hands-off from a human interaction standpoint. So it can really run the range. But you know, generally speaking, you just want volatility amongst those categories, meaning equities, credit, rates, currencies, uh, commodities. And since they are generally have broad opportunistic mandates, they can trade across tens of markets uh, and capture that volatility. Um, so they can be directional or whatever signal the market is giving them that goes into their model, they can take advantage of that volatility. So global macro uh, and volatility uh, make a good pairing for uh, hedge fund investors. Uh, uh, and that's the kind of environment we're in now. Okay, Matt, what, I guess as we close, anything you would add about any other profound impact that uh, the shift in the global capital market environment, which seems to be prolonged in terms of higher rates uh, than we've we've had historically. Uh, any last thoughts on what opportunity that might bring for investors going forward? Just some ideas that we're we're kicking around internally that are in R and D. Um, you know, looking at healthcare or biotech oriented hedge funds. You know, when you look at the valuations across equities and what happened across even venture capital and public markets and the sell-off that we saw in growth assets. And biotech was arguably hit the hardest 
uh, and still hasn't really recovered. And so the entry valuations are extremely attractive. And you know, healthcare in general was considered a non-cyclical, right? It's almost 20% of GDP, aging demographic. Um, you know, you combine that with some of the technology innovations across machine learning, AI, and biotech is extremely interesting. And I, I think it's, it's staying around for a while. It's not going anywhere. And so with valuations where they are today, I think being able to go long and short, um, different biotech companies, I think that could be potentially attractive. Great. Well, thank you, Matt. It's always good to talk to you and look forward to, to talking again soon. Okay. Thank you.